Hi everybody, Carla here and welcome back to another episode of Carla Reads the Classics. Thanks so much for joining me. If you're listening on Spotify, Stitcher, or Radio Public, please leave a comment, say hi, let me know how it's going for you. And now, without further delay, I give you Ernest J. Gaines, A Gathering of Old Men. This chapter is called Joseph Seabury, a.k.a. Roof. When Mapes called Matthew, Candy moved between Mapes and the steps. The rest of us came in a little bit closer, too. Mapes looked around at the people closing in on him, but he wasn't worried, and he looked back at Matthew. Matthew had stood up with his gun, and he was headed toward the steps. Stay where you're at, Candy said. I'll come to the man, Matthew said. Just one second, Candy said. I mean it. She looked at him till he stopped. Then she turned back to Mapes. Mind, Mapes, she said. Mind your hands now. He's not Reverend Jameson. He's not Uncle Billy or Gable. Mind your hands now. He's Matthew, Mapes said. But I represent the law, and I did find a dead man in his yard. That gives me the right to question even Matthew. You just mind your hands, Candy warned him. One drop of his blood. She stopped. She didn't have to say the rest. I think he know what you mean, Candy, Clatu said from the end of the Gary. Yes, I think he does, Candy said, still looking at Mapes. Then she reached out her hand to help Matthew down the steps. Two of the four steps was missing, had been missing 20, 25 years, and Matthew had come down them steps every day of his life without anybody helping him. But since Candy reached out her hand, he took it just to please her. When he reached the ground, he bowed to thank her. Then he turned to Mapes. He was up in his 80s, head white as it could be, but you didn't see no trembling in his face, in his hands. He faced Mapes straight and tall, holding his gun close to his side. How you feeling, Matthew? Mapes asked. Mapes was a lot of things. He was big, mean, brutal. But Mapes respected a man. Matthew was a man, and Mapes respected Matthew. But he didn't think much of the rest of us, and he didn't respect us. I'm all right, Sheriff, Matthew said. And yourself? I'm tired, Mapes said. I had thought I'd get a little fishing in today. They biting good what I hear, Matthew said, his head up. He was looking straight at Mapes. He wasn't quite as tall as Mapes. Built like a picket, no, more like a post, an old post in the ground, narrow but still strong, and not leaning and not trembling either. Mapes looked at him. Mapes liked Matthew. They had hunted together, wildcats, alligators, deers. They had fished together, and Mapes had had a few drinks with Matthew at Matthew's house. He liked Matthew. Even when Matthew got into trouble and he had to arrest Matthew, he knowed it wasn't Matthew's doing, but he knowed Matthew had never backed down from anybody either. Maybe that's why he liked him. To him, Matthew was a real man. The rest of us wasn't. Tell them to go home, Matthew, Mabe said. That's up to them, Sheriff. They'll do it if you tell them to do it, Mabe said. Tell them to go home before there's trouble. 
Matthew, you don't have to answer any questions, Candy said. She hadn't left his side since he stepped to the ground. He can take you to jail if he wants to, but he can't force you to talk, not until Clinton gets here. I don't mind talking, Matthew said. Tell them tell them to tell me who did it, Matthew, Mape said. He looked at Matthew, never at Candy. He was still being respectful toward Matthew. I did it, Sheriff, Matthew said. Mapes nodded. I know you did it, he said. You're the only one around here man enough. But I have to hear it from one of them. One of them must say that he was called here after it happened. I can't make nobody say what they don't want to say, Matthew said. Do you want to see any of these people hurt, Matthew? No, Sheriff. You know that can happen now, don't you? Mapes asked him. Mapes was reminding him of Fix, but not using Fix's name. His eyes were saying Fix, not his mouth. A man got to do what he think is right, Sheriff, Matthew said. That's what parred him from a boy. It's not a matter of right and wrong, Matthew, Mapes said. It's a matter of a lot of people getting hurt, and you, and you know you don't want that. No, I don't, but it's up to them. It's up to you, Matthew, Mapes said. Only you, and I ask you, man to man, tell them to go home. Matthew started looking around. I don't know what he was going to say, but he didn't get a chance to say it anyhow. It ain't going to work this time, Sheriff, Klaatu said from the end of the Gary. Mapes turned his head quick. Who said that? He asked. He heard where the voice came from, and he knowed it was Klaatu's voice, but he didn't think Klaatu would own up to it. I said, who said that? He asked. I did, Sheriff, Klaatu said. Mapes pretended he couldn't find Klaatu in the in the crowd. Plateau was the only person sitting on that end of the gary, and still Mapes pretended he couldn't find him. Then when he did, he stared at Plateau long and hard. He thought if he st- he thought if he stared at him long enough, Plateau was bound to look down. But Plateau didn't look down. He sat there with that shotgun over his legs, looking straight back at Mapes. What's the matter with you, Plateau? Mapes said. You're the last person I thought would be looking for trouble. There's been my trouble, Klaatu said. That's been my trouble, Klaatu said. What? Mapes said. Mapes was looking at him the way white folks do round here, looking at him hard. I ain't had no trouble with the law, Klaatu said. Meaning? Mapes said. I'm old, Klaatu said. Meaning? Mapes said. About time I had a little trouble with the law before I died. Klaatu said. You really want to go to jail, don't you? Mapes said. I figured I was on my way there when I shot him. Klaatu said. Amen, Beulah said from the steps. Mapes looked at Klaatu the way white folks know how to look at a nigger when they think he's being smart. Isn't it a little bit late for you to be getting militant around here? Mapes asked Klaatu. I always been militant, Klaatu said. My entrance going sour, keeping my militants down. Sure now, Mapes said, looking at him hard. Sure now is right, Klaatu said. No use talking to Matthew. He didn't do nothing. I did it. Sure now, Mapes said. Now, there y'all go again. There y'all go again, Dirty Red said. Dirty Red was squatting by the walk with that little short, wet cigarette hanging from the corner of his mouth. If it was not the same one he had a minute ago, it looked just like it. 
You never seen dirty red lighting a new cigarette. When you seen it, it was already half gone, wet, dirty looking, and half gone. He probably had a bunch of them in his pocket like that, dirty and half gone. I don't see how come y'all won't let a man get... Shut up, Mabe said. You and nobody in your family ever done a thing in this world but worked hard to avoid work. Till today, Dirty Red said. He looked up at Mapes with his head cocked a little to the side to keep the smoke out his eyes. Today, I... You trying to cut in on me when I'm talking to you? Mapes asked him. Look like he's doing more than just trying, Johnny Paul said from the other side of Mapes. Mapes turned quick. Just his head. He was too fat to turn his whole body fast. You too, Johnny Paul, he said. Johnny Paul nodded his head, nodded his head. Me too. Mapes was still looking around at Johnny Paul when Jacob Aguilard spoke up. No, dirty red, Johnny Paul, uh-uh, Klaatu. It was me, he said. I remember what that crowd did to my sister. I see, Mapes said, looking at Jacob now. You see what? Johnny Paul said. Mapes was looking at Jacob when Ding Lejeune spoke up. Ding and his brother Bing stood close together between the walk and the garden. I killed him, Ding said, thumping his chest. Me, me, not them, not my brother, me. What they did to my little sister, what they did to my sister's little girl, Michelle Gigi. I see. Mapes said, looking at Ding and Bing at the same time. I see. Johnny Paul grunted out loud. No, you don't see. He was looking at Mapes. He was looking toward the tractor and the trailers of Kane out there in the road. But I could tell he wasn't seeing any of that. I couldn't tell what he was thinking until I saw his eyes shifting up, shifting up the quarters where his mama and papa used to stay. But the old house wasn't there now. It had gone like all the others like all the others had gone. Now weeds covered the place where the house used to be. Y'all look, he said. Look now, y'all see anything? What y'all see? I see nothing but weeds, Johnny Paul, Mape said, if that's what you're trying to say. Yes, sir, Johnny Paul said. He didn't look at Mapes. He was still looking up the quarters. Yes, sir, I figured that's all you would see. But what do the rest but what do the rest don't see? What y'all don't see, Roof? He asked me. He didn't look at me, still looking up the quarters. What y'all don't see, Klaatu? What y'all don't see, Glow? What y'all don't see, Corinne, Rooster, Beulah? What y'all don't see, all the rest of y'all? I don't have time for people telling me what they can't or don't see, Johnny Paul, Mape said. I want... Johnny Paul turned on him. He was as tall as Mapes, but thin, thin. He was the color of brown new chewing tobacco. His eyes gray, gray like, gray like Mapes' eyes, but not hard like Mapes' eyes. He looked dead at Mapes. You ain't got nothing but time, Sheriff. What? Mapes said. I did it, Johnny Paul said. I see. Mape said. Either I stand here and let you talk about things you don't see and the things the others don't see, or I take you in. I see. Yes, sir, Johnny Paul said. But you still don't see. Yes, sir. What you see is the weeds, but what you don't see is what we don't see. Do you see it, Johnny Paul? Mapes asked him. No, I don't see it. 
Johnny Paul said. That's why I killed him. I see, Mapes said. No, you don't, Johnny Paul said. No, no, you don't. You had to be here to don't see it now. You just can't come down here every now and then. You had to live here 27, 77 years to, to don't see it now. No, Sheriff, you, you don't see. You don't even know what I don't see. Do you know what you don't see? Mapes asked him. Ask Matthew, Johnny Paul said. No, I'm asking you, Mapes said. I'll get back to Matthew later. Ask Glo, Johnny Paul said. Ask Tucker, Gable, Klaatu. Ask Yank, Jameson there. Ask any of them, all of them, what they don't see no more. All right, Mapes said. Tell me, but make it quick. I can still get in some fishing. You still don't see, Johnny Paul said. You still don't see. I don't have to make nothing quick. I can take all the time in the world I want, and it ain't nothing you can do but take me to jail. You can't slap me hard enough to hurt me no more, Sheriff. I see, Mabe said. Johnny Paul kicked the ground, thin as he was, and kicking the ground like that could have fractured his leg. Do you? He said, do you? Do you hear that church bell ringing? Are you all right? Mapes asked him. And maybe I should have asked you that before. Maybe I should have asked all y'all that before, he said, looking at the rest of us, then back to Johnny Paul. Church bells, Johnny Paul? I hear them, Beulah said from the steps. He's making sense. Then tell me in English what he's saying, Grigri, Mapes said. Let him tell you, Beulah said. He talks good as I do. You want him to go too, huh? Mapes asked her. That's right, Beulah said. I don't mind going. I've been to the pen before. You were saying, Johnny Paul? Y'all remember how it used to be? Johnny Paul said. He wasn't answering Beulah. He wasn't even speaking to her or to Mapes now. He was just thinking out loud, the way a man talked to himself plowing the field by himself or hunting in the swamps with nothing but a gun, not even a dog. Remember, he said, when there wasn't no weeds. Remember? Remember how they used to sit out there on the Gary? Mama, Papa, Aunt Clara, Aunt Sarah, Aunt Moon, Aunt Spoodle, Aunt Thread. Remember? Everybody had flowers in the yard, but nobody had four o'clocks like Jack Toussaint. Every day at four o'clock, they opened up just as pretty. Remember? He stopped thinking back, the rest of us all thinking back. I had spent many, many days on the end of Jack Gary's facing that bush. But you would not never catch it opening. It, it opened while you were sitting there, but you never saw it. Like trying to watch an hour hand move on a clock. You never see it move, but it was moving all the time. That's why I killed him. That's why, Johnny Paul said. To protect them little flowers. But they ain't there no more. And how come? Because Jack ain't here no more. He's back there under them trees with all the rest, with Mama and Papa, Aunt Thread, Aunt Spoodle, Aunt Clara, Aunt Moon, Uncle Jerry, all the rest of them. But y'all do remember, don't y'all? He turned to Glow. Glow sat there on the steps, still wearing her apron, her little grandchildren at her side. She was looking down at the ground, remembering. She nodded. Remember the palm of Christians in Thread's yard, Glow? Other people had them, but they didn't grow nowhere thick and dark like they did in her yard. Remember, Glow? 
Glow nodded again, not looking at him. She was seeing the palm of Christians. I was seeing the palm of Christians. That's when you was a little boy. You used to drag a little girl under them leaves. It was the coolest place in summer. If it was raining, storming, the leaves was so big they kept the water off you. Remember Jack, the Jack and Red Rider hitting that field every morning with them two mews, Diamond and Job? Remember Paul asked us? He wasn't looking at Glow now. He was looking way off again. Lord, 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 don't tell me you can't remember them early mornings when the sun was just coming up over there behind them trees. Y'all can't tell me y'all can't remember how Jack and Red Rider used to race out there in that field on them old single slides. Jack with Diamond, Red Rider with Joe, touching the ground, just touching the ground to keep them slides steady. Ha! Tell me who could have beat them to plowing a row, huh? Who? I'm asking y'all, who? Nobody, Beulah said. That's for sure. Not them two men. Them was men. Them. Johnny Paul nodded his head. Not to Beulah. He wasn't looking at her. He was looking way off again, down the quarters, towards the field. Thirty, forty of us going out in the field with cane knives, hoes, plows, name it. Sun up to sundown, hand, miserable, hard, miserable work, but we managed to get it done. We stuck together, shared what little we had, and loved and respected each other. But just look at things today. Where the people? Where the roses? Where the four o'clocks? The palm of Christians? Where the people used to sing and pray in the church? I'll tell you. Under them trees back there, that's where. And and where they used to stay. The weeds got it now, just waiting for the tractor to come plow it up. Johnny Paul had been looking down the quarters. He looked at Mapes again. The people had been nodding their heads, going along with him all the time. That's something you can't see, Sheriff, because you never could see it he said. You can't see Red Rider with Job, Jack with Diamond. You can't see the church with the people, and, and you can't hear the singing and the praying. You had to be here, and you had to be here then to be able to don't see it and don't hear it now. But I was here then, and I don't see it now, and that's why I did it. I did it for them back there under them trees. I did it because that tractor's getting closer and closer to that graveyard. And I was scared if I didn't do it one day that tractor was going to come in there and plow up them graves, getting rid of all the proof that we ever was. Like now they're trying to get rid of all the proof that black people ever farmed this land with plows and mews. Like if they had nothing from the starting but, but motor machines. Sure. One day they'll get rid of the proof that we ever was, but they ain't going to do it while I'm still here. Mama and Papa work too hard in these fields. They, Mama and they, Papa, work too hard in these same fields. They, Mama and they, Papa, people worked hard too. Too hard to have the tractor just come in that graveyard and destroy all the proof that they ever was. I'm the last one left. I had to see that the grave stayed for a little while longer, but I didn't just do it for my own people. I did it for everyone back there under them trees, and I did it for every four o'clock, every rosebush, every palm of Christian ever growed on this place. He went over to the garden fence to stand by himself. The people stayed quiet. Even Mapes was quiet. 
Matthew was still there before Mapes. Candy, not too far from Matthew, and her boyfriend Lou, not too far from her side. Mapes grunted, not loud, quiet. He was starting to feel what was going on. If he felt it right, he knowed he had to wait. He kept the lifesaver quiet, waiting. Then Tucker spoke up, and Mapes started moving the candy around in his mouth again. Tucker was a small, brown-skinned fellow. I hadn't seen Tucker in Lord, let me say, maybe two, three years. Last time was at Edna Zeno's funeral down the road at Little Zion. He used to live there, him and his family, 25, 30 years ago. But most of his people was dead now, and he lived at Giraud, about eight miles from here, going toward Bayonne. Y'all remember my brother Silas, don't y'all? He said. I'm talking to the old, not to the young. You don't remember him, Candy. They got rid of him for you was born. He was the last black man round here trying to share crop on this place. The last one to fight against that tractor out there. Some of us looked at that tractor and the two loads of cane. Mapes didn't. He was looking down at the ground. He was getting tired. He was getting tired fast. Tired listening. Tired standing. Tired of niggers. But he didn't know what to do about it. He could take Matthew to jail, but what about the rest of us? Especially Candy. So now he was just looking down at the ground, thinking. He had already used his only little knowledge. He had, uh, he knowed how to deal with black folks, knocking them, uh, knocking them around. When that didn't change a thing, when people started getting in line to be knocked down, he he didn't know what else to do. So he just stood there, a big fat red hulk, looking down at the ground. He told them to stop, Tucker was saying. We all told him the rest of us had given up, and he ought to, and he ought to give up too. We all told him that. We tried to show him how it wouldn't work. We had got the worst land from the start, and no matter how hard we worked it, the people with the rest of the land was going to always be in front. All you old people know this already. After the plantation was dying out, the marshals dosed out the land for sharecropping, giving the best land to the Cajuns and giving us the worst, that bottom land near the swamps. Here, our own black people had been working this land a hundred years for the Marshall Plantation, but when it came to when it came to sharecropping, now they give their best land to Cajuns who had never set foot on the land before. He stopped and looked at Candy. Candy was standing by Matthew, her mouth tight, grim. She was looking over the yard, down the quarters, toward the fields. She knew Tucker was telling the truth. She hadn't witnessed it. She was born too late to witness it, but she had heard about what had happened. She had heard about it from Matthew, from the rest of us, and she knew he was telling the truth. I'm stating facts, Tucker said. Facts, because this is the day of reckoning and I will speak the truth without fear if it mean I have to spend the rest of my life in jail. Mapes grunted, a grunt that a grunt that said, you might. Yeah, you can go on and grunt all you want, Tucker said to Mapes, but all you can do is lock me up. Here, you want to lock me up? He said, come on, Mapes, with his hands out. Here, I'm ready. Go on and lock me up. Mapes just looked at him and moved the candy around in his mouth. I wish I was the sheriff around here, the deputy said. All this time he had been standing to the side looking mad but staying quiet. I bet you wouldn't be talking to me like that. And what would you do, you little no-but-nothing? 
Tucker said to the little deputy. The people laughed that made little that that little deputy turned red. Shut up, Mabe said to him. I ain't used to no niggers talking to me like that, the deputy said. Just stick around long enough, Beulah said from the steps. We gonna just stand here and take this? The deputy asked Mapes. You can go for a walk, Mapes said. I'll call you if I need you. I don't feel like walking, the deputy said. Let's just, just let me go. That old coon would have been in jail an hour ago. And I'd shoot the first one tried to get him loose. He looked at Candy. Candy stared at him from over by the steps. She looked at him slow and hard, that martial way of looking at you. The little deputy stood his ground for a while, but when he saw Candy wasn't going to back down, he turned from her and looked back at Tucker again. Now he was trying to make Tucker look down. Take a walk, Mape said. I don't feel like walking, the deputy said. Then just be quiet, Mape said. Let them work out their gall. You were saying, he said to Tucker. That boy threw, Tucker asked Mapes. He's through, Mapes said. You through, boy? Tucker asked the deputy himself. That little deputy didn't answer. He just looked at Tucker. Tucker looked right back at him. Y'all know what happened, Tucker said. He wasn't looking at Mapes. He was still looking at the little deputy. But after a while, he didn't think that little deputy was worth looking at, and he turned and he turned to us. Y'all remember how he drove his wife and children trying to keep them, trying to keep them up with, with the machine, drove her till he drove her crazy. But even that didn't stop him. He wouldn't stop till one day they caught him and beat him in the ground. He stopped, not looking at us now, looking away. We all stayed quiet. Everything was quiet. The weeds, the fields, the swamps, everything quiet, quiet, waiting for him to go on. Y'all don't know because y'all wasn't here and I ain't been able to talk about it before, he said. He turned to us again. Been in here all these years boiling in me, he said, hitting his chest. Done spoiled my entrance. Fear, fear, fear done spoiled my entrance. I don't know how come I'm still alive. He turned to Glow. Glow nodded her head. She knowed what he was talking about. We all knowed what he was talking about. How can a man beat a machine, he asked. No way, huh? That's what you say. Well, my brother did. With them two little mules, he beat that tractor to the, he beat that tractor to the derrick. Them two little mules did all they could, like my brother did. They knowed it was the end if they couldn't make it. They could hear the machine like everybody else could hear the machine. And they knowed they had to pull, pull, pull if they wanted to keep going. My brother and muse, muse and my brother. So they pulled for him and pulled for him and pulled for him, sweating, slipping, falling, but pulling for him slobber running down from their mouths the bit cutting their lips the slobber and blood mixing and falling to the ground yet they pulled 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 in all that mud for him and yes they did win they won but they wasn't supposed to win how can flesh and blood and nigger win against a white man and a machine so they beat him they took stalks of cane and they beat him and beat him and beat him I was there, and I didn't move. I was loading cane for Tony O'Lind, me and Joe Taylor. I saw the race. I saw my brother beat Felix Boutin on his tractor. 
I wouldn't be lying this day for nothing in the world. I saw my brother win that race, but he wasn't supposed to win. He was supposed to lose. We all know he was supposed to lose. Me, his own brother, know he was supposed to lose. He was supposed to lose years ago. And because he didn't lose like a nigger is supposed to lose, they beat him. And they beat him and they beat him. And I didn't do nothing but stand there and watch them beat my brother down to the ground. He stopped again. He looked at all of us, but none of us looked back at him. We had all done the same thing sometime or another. We had all seen our brother, sister, mama, daddy insulted once and didn't do a thing about it. Tucker had been standing near the steps all the time he was talking. Now he went to the far end of the gary and looked toward the graveyard. You couldn't see a thing from here for the weeds, but we all knowed where his eyes was. We all knowed who he was talking to. All of us had stood here in one of those old yards, and we had all hollered toward that graveyard. Forgive me! He had both hands over his head, the gun in one hand, the other hand clenched to a fist. Forgive this nothing, he called. Can you hear me, Silas? Tell me, can you hear me, Silas? Beulah got up from the steps and went to get him and led him back. They sat down and she put her arm around his shoulders, holding him like you do a little child. Where was the law, he said, looking up at Mapes. He was crying now. Where was the law? Law said he cut in on the tractor and he was the one who started the fight. That's law for a nigger. That's law. He looked up at Mapes. He wanted Mapes to face him. Mapes wouldn't. Mapes sucked on his candy. How can a man on a wagon with mules, made of flesh and blood, cut in on a tractor? A machine? Ain't no way. No way. But that's what they said. And in my fear... And in my fear... Tucker said, looking at the rest of us, in my fear, even after I had seen what happened, in my fear, I went along with the white folks. Out of fear of a little pain to my own body, I beat my own brother with a stalk of cane as much as the white folks did. He looked at all of us, one after another. He wanted us to pass judgment over him for what he had done. Us judge him? How could any of us judge him who hadn't done the same thing sometime or another? We stayed quiet. Mapes was quiet. His little deputy was quiet. No air was stirring, so the trees, the bushes, everything was quiet. Then Yank spoke. Mapes jerked his head around to look at Yank. He had thought the talking was over. He started to say something to Yank, maybe even wanted to cuss him, but he didn't just looked at him long and hard. Yank didn't pay him any mind. That's right, he said. Anybody needed a horse broke, they called on Yank. In the parish, out the parish, they called on Yank. Anytime they needed a horse broke for a lady, they called Yank because they knowed I knowed my stuff. A lot of these rich white folks you see riding these fine horses and Mardi Gras parades, prancing all over the place. I broke them horses. I, Sylvester J. Batley, me, Matthew, Ruth, Tucker, Gable, Blow there. They can count for that. He turned to Matthew. 
Matthew was nearly a foot taller than Yank. Matthew, tall and straight. Yank, short, stocky, and bow-legged. He looked up at Matthew, his brownish, weak eyes, pleading with Matthew to go along with what he was saying. Matthew nodded, didn't say a thing, didn't even look down at him, just nodded. But that was good enough for Yank. I broke all the horses, all the mules, he said. He wasn't talking to us now. He was thinking back, back when he was a younger man, when he used to do all this. I broke them all. I broke Snook and Chip for candy. Chip almost killed me when he throwed me against that fence, but I got back up. It had to be done. It had to be me or him. He's up in that pasture right now, too old to do nothing but eat grass. But you go up there and ask him who broke him. Go on. He stopped again. He nodded his head thoughtfully. He was still thinking back, back. They ain't got no more horses to break no more. The tractors, the cane cutters, and I ain't been nothing ever since. They look at you today and they call you trifling because they see you sitting there all the time not doing anything. They can't remember when you used to break all the horses and break all the mules. Snook, Chip, Diamond, Job. I broke Tiger, Tony, Sally, Dot, Lucky, Cora, John, Strutter, Lottie, Hattie, Bird, Red, Bessie, Mutt, Lena, Mr. Bascom. For Dr. Morgan, I broke Slipper, Skeeter, Roland. I broke them all. But the ones around here now don't remember that. Well, I remember. I remember. And I know I, I know who it took from me, too. You ever heard of progress? Mapes asked him. Mapes had been wiping his face and neck again. I ain't thinking about no progress. I'm thinking about breaking horses, Yank said. You couldn't break a horse now if your life depended on it, Mapes said. He put the handkerchief back in his pocket. The handkerchief wasn't white anymore. It was gray now and dirty. Maybe I can't break no more horses, Yank said. Maybe that's why I shot the man who took the horse from me. Remember that for the record, Griffin, Mapes said over his shoulder. I got it, Griffin said. Yank, Y-A-N, Sylvester J. Badley. Yank said, be sure and spell Sylvester and Batley right if you can. When my folks read about me up north, I want them to be proud. How much more of this you gonna take, Sheriff? Griffin asked. Go on, tell him, Sheriff, Jacob said to Mapes. I don't think that little fellow knows what's going on yet. Mapes looked at Jacob a second, then turned to Griffin. Go check on Russell he said. See if he made it back there. Tell him to stay there. This might take a while. That little spare butt slack pants deputy left the yard walking all tough like he was ready to take somebody in. He probably couldn't take Snookum to jail if Snookum wanted to give him a fight. After he was on the radio a few minutes, he came back on in the yard and told Mapes that Russell had made it back there and Russell said everything was all right for now. Mapes told him to go back, get on the radio, and tell Hilly to patrol the highway along Marshall and don't let anything suspicious come down here. That little deputy took, took in a deep breath and went back to the road, talking to himself. I had been watching that little deputy so much I didn't hear Gable when he first started speaking. He spoke so softly you had to be right on him to hear him. It was Glow I heard first. I heard her saying, Careful, Gable. You know your heart. Careful now. 
Gable was standing on the other side of the steps near Glow. He didn't stay at Marshall. He stayed at Morgan, near Big Man Bayou, in a little shotgun house behind the willows there at Morgan. He had been staying there by himself some 15, 20 years. He went to church twice a month, Determination Sunday and Sacrament Sunday. You hardly seen him any other time. Just staying there behind them trees there at Morgan had his little garden, a few chickens, staying behind them trees. Last person in the world any of us would have expected to see today was Gable. He wasn't but 16 years old, half out of his mind. Still, they put him in the electric chair on the word of a poor white, on the word of a poor white trash. They knowed what kind of gal she was, knowed she had messed around with every man, black or white, on that river. But they put him in that chair because She said he raped her. Even if he did, he was still no more than 16 years old, and they knowed he was half out of his mind. Be careful, Gable, Glow told him. She reached out her hand to touch him, but he was too far away from her. Called us and told us we could have him at 11 because they was going to kill him at 10. Told us we could have an undertaker waiting at the back door if we wanted him soon as it was over with. Is that something to say to a mother? Something to say to a father? Come and get him at 11 because we're going to kill him at 10? That's something to say to... His voice choked and he stopped. I wouldn't look at him. I was thinking back. It was 31 or 32. I believe 32. Huey Long was in Washington at the time. I heard Glow again. Be careful, Gable. Be careful now. Saying how they hit that switch and hit that switch, but it didn't work, and how they had unstrapped him and took him back to his cell, how he thought he was already dead and in heaven. Monk Jack was a colored trustee, and Monk Jack said the boy said, this here heaven I'm in, huh? This heaven? Y'all, this heaven? Said the boy. Said the boy said, hi, Mr. So-and-so. Hi, Mr. So-and-so. Y'all made heaven too? said he said thank the lord it's over with and it didn't do no more than tickle me some didn't hurt at all monk jack said they told him no nigger you ain't dead yet but give us time monk jack told us how they throw the boy back in the cell and how they started hitting and kicking and cussing that electric chair to make it work two of them doing this while another one came outside and told me and the undertaker we could go back to town if we wanted to because it was going to take a while yet saying that to me his paw while two more was in there hitting and kicking and cussing the thing to make it work gable your heart glow glow said trying to reach him but he was still too far away from her monk said you could hear one then the other cussing that chair all over the courthouse not one of them round there knowed what to do and they had to send somebody from to get somebody from Baton Rouge to come fix it. Then they brought the boy out, strapped him in, and pulled the switch. Monk said after it was all over with, them white folks walked out of that room like that was le- like they was leaving a card game. They wasn't even talking about it. It wasn't worth talking about. And what did I do about them killing my boy like that? What could a poor old nigger do but go up to the white fox, white folks and foul and fall down on his knees? But no, no pity coming there. Some went so far as to say my boy should have should have been glad he died in the electric chair instead of at the end of a rope. They said at least he was treated like a white man, and it was best we just forgot all about it and him. 
but I never forgot. I never forgot. It's been over 40 years now, but every day of my life, every night of my life, I go through that rainy day again. And that's why I killed Bo, Mr. Sheriff, Gable said to Mapes. He was just like that trashy white gal. He was just like them who throwed my boy in that electric chair and pulled that switch. No, he wasn't born yet, but the same blood running all their veins. It was quiet after Gable got through talking. Even the children on the steps didn't move. You couldn't hear any bird, any kind of sound on, sound on the whole place. Mapes even kept the candy in his mouth still. The only thing that moved was the shadow from the house. It covered the yard now. The deputy came back in the yard and told Mapes that Hilly was going to keep a close lookout at the front. Mapes didn't look at him. He started moving the candy around in his mouth again. He was waiting for somebody else to say something. Can I speak? Jameson asked Mapes. Jameson was standing all by himself over by the far end of the Gary. He wanted Mapes to know he wanted no part of us. Still, Mapes looked at him like he hated him too. Then Ash's color gray eyes looked hard. Them Ash's color gray eyes looked hard as steel. I didn't know I was still in control here, he said. Ain't you the sheriff? Jameson said. What's that got to do with it? Mapes asked him. Get a gun if you want to talk, Jameson, Clatu said from where he was sitting on the Gary. No, Mr. Clatu, Jameson said. I won't get a gun. Then you better shut up. Clatu said, people with guns speak here first today. So she made you the leader? Mapes asked Clatu. Clatu didn't even look at him, and there ain't nothing a white man hate more than for a nigger not to look at him when you speak to him. Clatu looked at Coot. Coot looked like you was getting ready to say something. Coot was there in his old First World War army uniform. The uniform was all wrinkled and full of holes, but Coot wore it like it was something brand new. He even had on the cap and the medal. Any other time, the people would have been laughing at Coot dressed up like that. I shot him, Coot said. So did my grandma, Mape said. I was the only man from this parish ever fit with the 369th. Coot said. He didn't even look at Mapes. He was over by the garden fence, looking down the quarters toward the fields. The 369th was an all-colored outfit. You couldn't fight side by side with these here white folks then. You had to get your training in France, take orders from French officers. They trained us good, and we held our ground. Boy, Hauser, mini court, champagne, we held our ground. We got decorated, kissed on the jaw, all that. And I was proud as I could be till I got back home. The first white man I met, the very first one, one of them no English speaking things off that river told me I better not ever wear that uniform or that medal again, no matter how long I lived. He told me I was back home now and they didn't cotton to no nigger wearing medals for killing white folks. That was back in World War I and they ain't changed yet, not a bit. Look what happened to Kurt's boy when he come home from World War II because they seen him with that German girl's picture. They caught him, and, and y'all remember what they did to him with that knife? Korea, the same thing. That colored boy had thrown his body on that grenade to protect his platoon. Still, the politicians here wouldn't let them bury him in Arlington like the rest of them was buried there. Vietnam, the same thing. It, it, it ain't changed, not at all. 
When Coot was talking to you, he had this habit of rocking back and forth. Sitting or standing, he rocked back and forth, back and forth. Sometimes he would stop talking a while, but he never would stop his rocking. I used to put on my old uniform and look at myself in the shift robe glass. I know that I couldn't wear it outside, but I could wear it round the house. Today I told myself I was going to put it on and I was going to sit out on my Gary with my old shotgun and I was going to shoot the first person who laughed at me or told me I had to take it off. I sat there and I sat there. Nobody passed the house. After a while, I told myself I felt like having me a, a rabbit for supper tonight and I started out for the swamps. But after I hit that Poland road, looked like something just started pulling me this way. Don't know what it was, but I couldn't make my old feet go no other way but toward Marshall. Coot was looking at Mapes now, but Mapes, Mapes would not look back at him. Mapes was looking across Matthew's garden up in the quarters. Maybe Coot had been telling the truth a second ago when he said he had put on his old uniform and went out on the Gary. But Mapes knowed he was lying about the rest of it. Coot went on. I was sitting here on the Gary when he jumped that ditch with that gun. I told him. I said, hold it there, boy. Hold it there now. But did he listen? It wasn't nothing but an old nigger talking. Just another old nigger. Like them Germans thought. Them niggers don't dare shoot us. We white. The 369th left a lot of them laying in them trenches with stupid grins on their faces. Coot went on rocking another minute after he finished talking. He was proud of his little speech. He looked at us to see how we felt. I nodded to him. A couple other people nodded to him. He was proud the people had listened to him. Look down here, Jesus, Jameson said, looking at us. Look down here, please. He's probably on their side, Mapes said. Don't talk like that. Jameson said to Mapes. Don't blaspheme him at a time like this. Look like you ought to be doing your duty. What do you want me to do? Mapes asked Jameson. Want me to take Matthew in? You think I want this whole bunch of Medicare patients in Bayonne? With, with that crowd out there already getting drunk for that big game tomorrow? What, what you gonna do? Just stay here and wait for Fix and his crowd? Jameson asked Mapes. Maybe I'll have some luck. Mapes said. The only luck you might have is if they don't kill everybody, Jameson said. Oh, bootlicker, shut up, Beulah said to, J to Jameson. Jameson was a good 10, 15 feet away from Beulah. Now, he started towards her, but he wasn't halfway before Beulah had jumped up from the steps and was waiting for him. She had balled her fists, and now she was winding them over and over waiting for him. Jameson stopped quicker than he had started. Come on, come on, you bootlicker, Beulah said. She was winding her fists over and over. I'll whip you crazier than you already is, or I'll put some sense in your head one. Come on, you think Mapes knocked you down. You just come over here, old possum-looking fool. Take it easy, Reverend, Mapes said. Can I shoot him, Dirty Red? Rooster asked, or should I just let my wife beat him? Neither one of y'all do any neither one of y'all do anything to him, Dirty Red said. Let Snookum beat him if he opened his mouth again. You take care of that little business for us, Snookum. Snookum glanced at his grandmother to see how she felt, but from the way Glow looked back at him, he knowed he had better keep quiet. Mapes went to Jameson and put his arm round his shoulders. Why don't you go home, Reverend? he said. This is my place, Jameson said, still looking at Beulah. He said it so quiet you couldn't hardly hear him. He looked up at Mapes. 
This is my place, Sheriff. Suit yourself, Mabe said, and dropped his arm from Jameson's shoulder. Anybody else got any more to say? Klaatu asked. Nobody answered. Mapes waited a second, then he started looking around. You mean y'all ran out of stories? He asked, and I thought you were just getting warmed up. Nobody ain't run out of nothing, Beulah said. She went on looking at Jameson a while before she turned to Mapes. You want me to start? She asked Mapes. You want any woman here to start? I can tell you things done happen women around here to make your hair stand on your head. You want me to start? All you got to do is say yes. All you got to do is nod. No, Mapes said. I don't care to listen to any more of these tall tales. He looked around at all of us. So this is payday, huh? And it's all on Fix, huh? Whether he had anything to do with it or not, Fix must pay for everything ever happened to you, huh? He did his share of dirt, Beulah said. Fix didn't rise up in the Senate to keep that boy out of Arlington, Mabe said. He never pulled the switch on that electric chair. He turned to Ding and Bing and the two mulattoes standing close together. And you, Ding, he said. That woman who poisoned your sister's child was Cecilia, not Cajun. She had nothing to do with Fix. She lived on that river, Ding said, and he lived on that river. What's the difference? That river, that river, Corinne said. Everybody looked around. Nobody expected to hear anything from her. She hadn't said one word since we'd been there, just sitting in that rocker, gazing out in the yard. She hadn't moved but just one time since she had been there to bring that spread to cover up Bo. Most of us had forgot she was even there. That river, she said again, where the people went all these years, where they fished, where they washed clothes, where they was baptized. St. Charles River done give us food, done cleansed us, then cleaned us clothes, then cleaned us souls. St. Saint Charles River, no more though, no more. They, they took it, can't go there no more. She stopped, never raised her head, still gazing out there in the yard. I can't do what I used to do on that river myself, Mapes told her, but she wasn't listening. Maybe she, did, maybe she didn't even know Mapes was there. I can't fish on that river like I used to, Mapes said. I I can't hunt on that river like I used to. You you blame and fix for that too? Then you blame in the wrong person. He's as much a, a victim of these times as you are. That's why he's back on that bayou now, because they took that river from him too. Corinne went on gazing out in the yard. I don't think she even heard Mapes, but Beulah heard him. He was on that river at one time, she said, and he sure did his share of dirt while he was there like drowning them two little children up the road. You're talking about 35, 40, 50 years ago, Beulah, Mabe said, and you got no proof Fix was mixed up in that. Now, ain't that just like white folks, Beulah said to us, but still looking at Mabes. Black people get lynched, get drowned, get shot, guts all hanging out, and here he come with, and here he come up with ain't no proof who did it. The proof was them two little children laying there in them two coffins. That's proof enough. They was dead. 
least the black folks is proof enough they was dead. And and let's don't be getting into that 35, 40, 50 years ago stuff either. Things ain't changed that much around here. In them demonstrations, somebody was always coming up missing. So let's don't be putting it all on no 35, 40, 50 years ago like everything is so nicey-nice now. No, his seeds are still around. Even if he is old now, the rest of them just had their hands in some of that dirt. Then you know more than I do, Mape said. When it comes to the kind of dirt been slung in this black woman's face, yes, sir, Sheriff, I reckon I do know more than you do. And you'll do anything to make me take you to jail, is that it? If you take Matthew, you taking me, Beulah said. I'm taking Matthew sooner or later, Mape said, and I'll make room for you. I'll be ready, Beulah said. Just let me go home and put on my clean dress. I'll find a dress you can wear, Mape said, and I'll find a bucket and a mop, too. I ain't no stranger to buckets and mops, Beulah said. Holes, shovels, axes, cane knives, sides, blades, pickets, plows. I can handle a gun, too, if I have to. I've been in the pen before. You keep it up, Mape said, and you'll damn sure be going back. He turned to Glow, sitting on the steps, and, and you, Glow, he said, and them children? I'm ready to go, Glow said. I'll find somebody to look after them children. I don't know about I don't know about Toddy, but but I'm ready to go, Snookum said. He cracked his knuckles. Wish I was just a little older so I could have shot him. I thought you did, Mape said. Or was it you who went up to the front and called everybody? I ain't got no more to say, Snookum said. You can beat me with a hose pipe if you want. He lowered his head. Mapes looked down at him a while. Then he nodded and turned to Candy. Candy was standing next to Matthew, who had sat down on the end of the step. That's how you organized it. All or none, huh? I shot him, Candy said. You letting them all call you a liar right in front of your face? They're doing it to protect me, she said. Sure. Mave said, but before this day is over, don't be surprised now if you find your name on the same list with fixes. You'd like that, wouldn't you? Candy asked him. I can't think of anything I'd like better, Mave said. He turned to his deputy. Go check with Russell. Again? The deputy said. Why don't we just throw that old coon in the back of the car and take off? Everybody looked at that little deputy, but Candy looked at him harder. Go check with Russell like I said, Mapes told him. That little deputy looked at Mapes, shook his head, and left the yard. You better warn that boy, Beulah told Mapes. That's if you want him around much longer. He sure got a big mouth for somebody with hardly any butt, Yank said from over by the garden. Pardon me, ladies. Forget it, Mapes said. We're all one big happy family, aren't we? He said to Candy. Candy didn't answer him. She laid her hand on Matthew's shoulder, soft, like touching a flower. Matthew's face never changed much, but he smiled when Candy touched him. Do you need to lie down? She asked him. He shook his head. Candy looked at Mapes. He hasn't been feeling too well lately, suffering from those dizzy spells. Mapes nodded. Sure he said. I suffer from dizzy, dizzy spells, too, every time I shoot somebody. He looked over his shoulder toward the road. Well, he called. All quiet, the deputy called back. The quiet before the storm, Mape said to Lou. 
He'll be here when he get them all together. We'll be here too, Klaatu said from the Gary. And that'll do it for segment nine of Ernest J. Gaines' A Gathering of Old Men. Thank you so much for listening here at Carla Reads the Classics. Please, if you have a comment, question, suggestion, write to me at CarlaReadsTheClassics at gmail.com. Or you may uh, use the reply link in the Spotify uh, app if that's your preferred um, platform. <laughs> Lost my train of thought there. But anyway, thank you so much for listening here at Carla Reads the Classics. Until next time.